Well? I should be back from your face and pinned at the neck. I told her that. I told you that. We tried it. It just didn't seem to suit me. Vertigo was showing an anniversary screening at the BFI on in the South Bank uh, in London. The BFI is the British Film Institute. My name is Chris Attaway and I'm an audio producer, podcast producer and a little bit of radio producer as well. And my partner Beth and I had never seen Vertigo and had read recently that it, it overtook Citizen Kane as the best, quote-unquote, the best film ever made. So we just booked tickets straight away and thought, well, if it's shown at the cinema, we have to go and see it. Madeline, Judy, Judy, Madeline. Today we're going to do something a little bit different on The Drunk Projectionist. I'm Todd Melby, by the way. I'm the host and producer. We're going to hear from Chris Attaway. He lives in Cornwall, England. And he and his partner, his partner's name is Beth, they went to the BFI to go see a Hitchcock movie that neither of them had ever seen before. Like, I have no respect for Scotty when he's trying to turn her into Madeline because you think, why can't he fall in love with the real Judy? But he's not, he's absolutely resistant to that. He's not interested, it seems, in the real woman at all. On this episode of The Drunk Projectionist, we get an alternative take on Vertigo. This is I've Never Seen a Hitchcock, Vertigo, After. I'm Todd Melby, and this is The Drunk Projectionist. Tonight we saw Vertigo. What do you think? This is, this is a strange film. Well, first of all, actually, what I want to say is that Scotty is the worst detective ever. When he's pursuing Madeline, he's like one car behind her for about two hours, and she apparently doesn't even notice. And then he keeps following her into buildings that are completely empty of other people. Like when he goes into the museum and there's nobody else there, and he just kind of wanders into the room behind her. It's like, mate, she's going to know that you're following her. He's, he's shit. <laughs> Yeah, so it starts out as this kind of noir detective story because Scotty, who's our protagonist, uh, is contacted by Gavin. I think he's he's an old college friend or something who asks him to keep an eye on his wife who's behaving oddly and may or may not be possessed or at least obsessed by her great aunt, I think it is. Scotty, do you believe that someone out of the past... Someone dead can enter and take possession of a living being? No. If I told you that I believe this has happened to my wife, what would you say? Well, I'd say take her to the nearest psychiatrist or psychologist or neurologist or or maybe just the plain family doctor. I'd have them check on you, too. Then it turns into this kind of ghost possession story. And for a good chunk of the film, you think... Oh, it's a ghost story. Weird. This is weird. And I had no idea where it was going to go. I think 
My favourite character was Midge. I love Midge. I think she's brilliant and she should have a spin-off. What's this doohickey? It's a brassiere. You know about those things. You're a big boy now. Why is he not interested in Midge? Well, actually, we'll come to that. I think he's not interested in Midge because she's a real woman. Midge is uh, Scotty's ex-fiancé and she designs bras and they're really silly. She's got like a pink lacy, like hold-up backless bra. It's brand new. Revolutionary uplift. No shoulder straps, no back straps, but does everything a brassiere should do. Works on the principle of the cantilever bridge. I mean, it looks painful, but still, anyway. She's got this sweet little apartment. She's there for him whenever he needs her, whatever state he gets into. She's always ready to give him a drink and have a chat. She's funny. She's sassy. I really do like Midge a lot. <laughs> oh, now, Johnny, really? Come on. But Scotty's not interested. Scotty is interested, however, in Madeline. And Madeline, when you first see her, is just stunner. She's wearing this green dress in this really lush red bar. And she, I mean, she looks like a Hollywood star because she is one. But she's, the character of Madeline is all mysterious and dreamy. And she kind of looks at him a lot and says these mysterious things in this sexy voice. I fell into the bay and you fished me out. Right. She doesn't remember much and she doesn't really have much personality that you can hold on to. She's all about looks and wishy-washy mysteriousness. Then I, I must have had a dizzy spell and fainted. Is she possessed? Does she know what's going on? You can't really pin her down. He then falls in love with her. And then it becomes all about his obsession with her. And then, out of the blue, she's dead, gone. And you keep thinking, oh, it's going to end now, because that's the end of this bit of the story. And then it turns into another kind of film, because then he sees Judy, who's kind of Madeline, but not Madeline. And she's kind of all vampy and sexy and wearing all this makeup. Thanks again. Good night. Can I see you tomorrow? Tomorrow night? Well... No, I mean tomorrow morning. But I have to go to work. I've got a job. Don't go to your job. And what'll I live on? My oil wells in Texas? And he glimpses and recognises the look of Madeline in her. And then he spends the next chunk of the film desperately trying to turn her into Madeline and making her, like, dye her hair and get all these new clothes. You're looking for the suit that she wore for me. You want me to be dressed like her? Judy, I just want you to look nice. I know the kind of a suit that would look well on you. No, I won't do it. Judy, it can't make that much difference to you. I just want to see what you No, look I don't want any clothes. I don't want anything. I want to get out of here. Judy, do this for me. And she speaks differently. She's got a lot more character. She speaks her own mind. And he's not interested in that. He's only interested in making her look as much like Madeline as possible. Judy, I tell you this. These past few days have been the first happy days I've known in a year. I know. I know, because because I remind you of her. That guy have no respect for Scotty when he's trying to turn her into Madeline because you think, why can't he fall in love with the real Judy? But he's not. He's absolutely resistant to that. He's not interested, it seems, in the real woman at all. He's just interested in this creation. Couldn't you like me? Just me the way I am? But then when she's a real woman, it's like they both start falling short in each other's opinions. 
because he's not this hero anymore who's all suave and turning up in the, at the right place at the right time. So it's really sad because they're two people that are in love with the idea of each other and not in love with each other, which is really tragic. If I let you change me, will I do it? I do what you tell me. Will you love me? Yes. Yes. Fine. Fine, then I'll do it. Um, you never quite know where it's going and I did like that about it you can't quite get a handle on what kind of film it is or who anybody is but it also was ludicrous it was ludicrous I don't know is it good I'm really confused about whether it's good or not because it's ludicrous but it is good. I have very mixed feelings about this film. I really enjoyed it. And it was full of suspense. And it was beautiful. And it seemed to be commenting on men and women and identity and our ideas of love and the reality of it and possibly even remarking on how shallow men are unless that's just my interpretation of it it did feel quite long every time you thought this is the conclusion to this bit of the story it would change into a different type of story i wasn't disappointed weirdly i was more confused maybe there's i mean maybe i'm missing something where are you going? One final thing I have to do. And then I'll be free of the past. The end is really creepy. I don't want to go. I'd rather oh, wait. Oh, I need you. Why? I need you to be Madeline for a while. And when it's done, we'll both be free. They're standing at the top of the tower and Scotty's getting all angry and accusing him of the whole deception. But you knew that day that I wouldn't be able to follow you, didn't you? Who was up there when you got up there? Elster and his wife? Yes, yes, and she was the one who died. The real wife, not you. You were the copper. You were the counterfeit, weren't you? You don't think he's going to chuck her out, like, even though he's being all angry. You played the wife very well, Judy. He made you over, didn't he? He made you over just like I made you over, only better. Not only the clothes and the hair, but the looks and the manner and the words and those beautiful phony trances. And you jumped into the bay, didn't you? I bet you're a wonderful swimmer, aren't you? Aren't you? And then they kiss. And then the nun stepping out. No! I heard voices. God have mercy. And Judy dressed as Madeline freaks out and jumps out of the window to her demise and then there's this nun standing there and she just says like god bless us all and rings the bell and it's just like what the but what (laughs) what elaborate if you want to get rid of your wife 
there's got to be easier ways than ringing up your old college mate who you found out has vertigo and setting up an elaborate ruse that involves him having to run up a bell tower then chucking you and then relying on the fact that he's going to be so distraught that he flees the scene instead of running down to check that she's still alive which if he had done and looked at her face he'd have realized it was a completely different woman anyway like you have got to rely on an awful lot going very right for that plan to work that's nuts there's easier ways like chuck her off a bridge i don't know (laughs) no i don't think it is the greatest film ever made sorry i'm trying to think what the greatest film i am ever what i have ever watched is jurassic park isn't it yeah all the lion king (laughs) that was i've never seen a hitchcock vertigo after it was produced by chris attaway Chris has a new podcast. It's called Left of the Dial. Left of the Dial is available on Spotify. It's a word-of-mouth music recommendation show. It's got no algorithms. Basically, Chris just climbs into his wardrobe and dials people up, and they chat about music. And when I say wardrobe, that actually means closet. I guess that's what the British folks call closets. They call them wardrobes? Okay. Uh, So check that out. It's on Spotify, and I'm also going to put a little note to it, a little link to it, in the episode description of the podcast. A couple of additional notes. At thedrunkprojectionist.com, you can find blog posts and a lot more detail about all of our episodes. Previous shows include interviews with Kelly Reichert, Charles Burnett. There's also a one-hour doc about the movie Fargo, and I'm bringing that up because me, Todd Milby, has just written a book about Fargo. It's called A Lot Can Happen in the Middle of Nowhere, The Untold Story of the Making of Fargo. Check it out. And see you next time.